0: The title of my message today is Crossing Over, Crossing Over. Let's read this. Numbers 13, 27, it says this. They presented, now, just to give you another backdrop, before they went into the promised land, Moses told the tribes of Israel, the leaders, I want you to go into this land, and I want you to give me a report. What do you see? And God will do that a lot of times when he's saying, what are you believing for? What do you see? And they came back. With a report, and this is what it says. They presented themselves before Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Kadesh. They reported to the whole congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told the story of their trip. We went into a land which you sent us, and oh, it does flow with milk and honey. Just look at its fruit. And the only thing is that the people who live there are fierce. Their cities are huge, with a Donald Trump voice, and, and well fortified. Worse yet, we saw descendants of the giants, Anak, the Amalekites, and spread throughout Negev, the Hittites, and all the otherites. Caleb interrupted. He called for silence before Moses and said, let's go up and take the land. Don't you love that attitude? While everybody else had the opinion, it's too big, it's too much, Caleb said, hey, be quiet for a second, please. We're going to take this land. Don't you love people with that kind of attitude, the attitude of faith? We can do it. We can do it. But the other said, we can't attack those people. They're way stronger than we are. They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They said, we scouted out the land from one end to the other, and the land swallows people whole. You know, fear will exaggerate a little bit. <laughs> they said, we shouted out the land from one end to the other, scouted out the land one end from the other. It swallows people. Everybody we saw was huge. Why, why do we want to go against these giants? Alongside them, we felt like grasshoppers. And they looked down on us as though we were grasshoppers. Now, there were 12 spies, but only two, Joshua and Caleb, said we can take the land. The other 10 said it was too much. It's too big. They have fortified walls. They've got giants in the land, which there were no giants. They just felt like they were giants. They said there's too much there. There's, there's no way we're going to make it. We're going to die. There's no way we can get into the promised land. We're going to die. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, stood up and said, hey, you got to be quiet. First of all, they said, we can do it. We can get in the land. But ten, ten, the majority of Israel, they had a bad report. Now, you know what God did? You know what God did? God caused Joshua and Caleb and all their descendants to enter into the promised land and the rest did not neither did their descendants enter to the promised land until they were gone and passed how many of you know you don't enter the promises of god by accident you don't enter the promises of god by accident and i would like to say it doesn't matter if you believe or not but you're going to get the promise that's not true the truth is it's what you believe it's going to determine what you get What you believe is going to determine what you get. Now, they were in a place that was very interesting. It was called Kadesh. And the thing about Kadesh, it was like between two places. You didn't know really where you were. It was between two places in the wilderness, and it was on the line of the promised land. You know, this is how a lot of Christians live their life. They're in between two opinions. They're in between two situations. They don't really know where to go, what to do, and they allow the threat of the enemy to keep them in one spot. How many of you know that God doesn't want you to be in the same spot? He wants you to cross over. You say, well, I'm going to wait for God to do it. That's not how he does it. He died on the cross and empowered you to conquer, empowered you to have faith empowered you to step out. Yes, God will drop things in your lap every once in a while, but a good father, he won't just give their sons and daughters fish, they'll teach them how to fish. And because he is a conqueror and he lives in you, he is wanting you to conquer. He's wanting you to conquer by faith. How many of you want a crossover moment? You know, there is a moment when you cross over it is a moment it is a decision that you believe have you ever seen somebody they were um they were struggling their whole life you've heard those stories from rags to riches they were struggling their whole life but there was a moment where they de- they had a decision i'm not gonna be poor there was a moment where they said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not having that in my life. And you start seeing their behaviors change. Have you ever seen somebody? I mean, I, I've, I am at all. I saw somebody that has been overweight their whole life. They're probably about 55. But there was a moment where they decided, I'm losing this weight. And you're like, I thought it was too late. It wasn't. They lost it. Why? Because they made one decision. They made one decision to cross over. They had something had to click. They tried before. They thought about it. They they tried different things, but something clicked in their life. Have you ever seen somebody on a sports team that all of a sudden they they they're a normal player, but something clicked over, and something came on them, and they decided, no no no, I'm crossing over. I'm going to be great. I'm not going to be mediocre. How many of you know you serve a big God? He's not a mediocre God. Look at the earth. Look at the mountains. Look at the trees. Look at how he created us. He's not mediocre. Our God is a God that likes to do things big. Am I right about it? And God wants you to cross over into some big blessing. Do you believe it? And there are different situations. I mean, you see in marriages, marriages falling apart, but somebody in the marriage made a decision, I'm crossing over. I'm going to have a good marriage. I mean, they looked like they were struggling for years, but something clicked and said, no, this is going to work. Because they crossed over. They tried it before, but something got realigned in their thinking in their emotions, and boom, they crossed over. They made a decision. You can tell what you believe by the decisions that you make. Your daily disciplines are going to determine your destination. Your daily disciplines are gonna determine your destination and either you believe that you're gonna cross over or you don't. You know, Dave Ramsey, he's a financial guru He gets so aggravated all the time because, you know, he gets on these rants, right? He's like, listen, y'all keep trying to do things to make a million dollars. So that's good and all, but if you want to be a millionaire, you got to start investing small now. See, the decisions and the small decisions you make every single day is going to determine our destiny. You think somebody became a star overnight. No, it probably happened 10 years ago and they started making a decision and operating differently and then all of a sudden they became great. There are very few anomalies in the earth. There are very few people that are prodigies in the earth. Most people have to work at being great at stuff. Unless you're some kind of crazy prodigy and you're just awesome. Listen, we gotta work at some stuff and either you're gonna be mediocre or you're going to be somebody that comes into the promise. You cross over. I believe today, this is what I believe, that there are going to be things in your life that click into your spirit to make you cross over into the blessing. We keep waiting on God. God is waiting on us. We keep waiting for God to move. He already moved 2,000 years ago on the cross, shed his blood, empowered you with the Holy Spirit, and said, I'm sitting down, and I'm going to make the enemies my footstool. You stand up and move. Come on, God wants us to begin to make the decision to cross over, to cross over. Where do you need to cross over? Do you need to cross over in your health? Do you need to cross over in your relationships? Do you need to cross over in faith, what you really believe? Where do you need to cross over? What needs to change in your life? Because God's not just gonna change it, it's gonna take a decision that comes from you to change it. You could be having all, you can have all kinds of things that are great in your life, but if your marriage is struggling, everything struggles. It takes somebody making the decision, they're gonna cross over. They're gonna cross over. Listen, sometimes, sometimes it takes the truth to cross over. Sometimes it takes you being so frustrated with where you are so that God can put a fire under your butt so that you can cross over the line. Am I right about it? Sometimes our big butts get in the way of what God wants to do. God says, I want you to do this, but you say, but. God says, get rid of your big butts. You got too much junk in the trunk. Get all the stuff out of the way and all the butts and all the excuses and cross over. We're going to cross over. We're going to cross over. I remember I started working out about seven years ago, and it wasn't because I just, um, I just thought, you know, today's a good day. I, went, uh, I moved back in Hammond, and uh, uh, I went into a uh, convenience store, and I saw a friend that I haven't seen in a long time. And it's one of those friends that don't have a filter one of those friends that make you mad, but they're a real f- friend. He looked at me, and at the time, look, Leah was pregnant uh, with the second child. I was eating for two, and, 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 and my friend looked at me and said, boy, you're getting fat. And I said, what? You always think you're looking good, you know, but it takes somebody else to say, boy, you're getting fat. And I looked at him like, are you serious? And he was like, dang, what you been doing? I've been eating a lot. Everything she eats, I'm eating. It was that day I started contemplating. I started making excuses. It's because I'm big boned, you know. It's I'm big boned and, you know, people have different body types. The Internet says I should weigh this much, but really it doesn't say what body type you are. At first I made the excuses, but then I saw a picture that we shot of me, and it was like me holding the kids, and I had like four chins, <laughs> you know what I mean, I was like, God, I got to do something, God, it was a come to Jesus moment, I said, I got to cross over, now, now, it, it took something like, I got to start, I'm going to get a gym membership. Because at first you think, I'm just going to buy some equipment and put it in the house. And then all the treadmills, all that stuff just become coat hangers. You don't go. So you have to make an investment. I'm like, I'm going to the gym. Right? I'm going to go. I'm going to pay. Because if, if you're paying, you're probably going to go. Right? And so, but there was a crossing over moment, and, and this is the thing I had to uh, determine. Is this who I'm going to be for the rest of my life, or am I going to make a change? Now, this is not, has anything to do with diet. I'm just giving you an example. Um, I saw this guy, I saw this guy, I sent my dad uh, something. It was an MMA fighter. This guy had a huge belly, but he was just knocking out people left and right. If you like your huge belly, if you like, just live it. Live it up and love it. It just might be your thing, you know what I mean? But he was knocking everybody out. Every time he wins, he would just go like this. I love that guy. Love who you are. You don't have to go to the gym if you don't want to. But it has to be something that you want. What do you want? What do you want to look like? What do you want to cross over into? I want to give you three decisions for crossing. I can tell I need to pray right now. I'm thinking, you're talking about diet too much. Lord, well, we thank you for today. We thank you for your words. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're causing us to cross over. Come on, just in faith, if you feel if you feel comfortable, just lift your hand. Say this with me: say, God, do a work in my heart so that I can cross over into your promises. Three decisions for crossing over. Number one, number one, you have to finalize your faith. What do you believe? What do you really believe? See. These people, these people, these ten spies, they went in and they saw walls. They saw nothing but fortified walls. And that's all they saw. They saw walls and they saw problems. How many of you know that Joshua and Caleb didn't see walls? They didn't see walls. See, the reason why we don't do a lot of things is because the enemy puts walls in our mind. God calls it Arguments. You ever heard God, we put God in a box? Sometimes we put ourselves in a box. We don't go anywhere because we have arguments in our life. We have excuses, we have fears, we have disappointments, and we create arguments in our life. And God is trying to tell us to do something, and it's like being in a box. It's like you can't go anywhere because the walls are up. And it happens because of doubt. It happens because we think the walls are too much for God. We think that the situation is too much for God. There's a story of doubting Thomas. Remember Thomas? God, Jesus died. He rose again. He went and talked to all the disciples. Thomas wasn't there, and he said, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not believing it. He said, the only way I'm going to believe it, the only way that I'm going to believe it is if I see the holes in the hands and the holes in the feet of Jesus. So Jesus decided to make a huge entrance. He walked right through a wall. Jesus walked right through a wall, and he came in, and he showed Thomas his hands and feet. How many of you know when you're serving Jesus, he can get you right through walls? Listen, we have to quit looking at the walls and begin to look at the way. Jesus is the way, and he gets us through every wall. Yeah, clap if you want to. Four, four of y'all. <laughs> this, is what, this is what it says in 2 Corinthians 10.4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments, every single high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, say every thought, into captivity, into obedience. See, you got to ask yourself a question. What voice are you listening to? Are you listening to God's voice and what he says? Are you listening to your own thoughts and maybe the enemy's voice? God says every thought that doesn't line up to God to pull them down. To pull them down. Do you know how you pull them down? Do you know how you pull down wrong thoughts from God? Do you know how to pull down the arguments? It's by your confession. It's by your prayer. You pull down every wall when you begin to confess what God says. See, the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, if your mouth is speaking something that is wrong... And is something that's abundant of your heart. Let me challenge you with this. Start speaking the right things even if you don't feel them. It will start filling your heart with the right thing. The Bible says your tongue is like a rudder. Wherever you go, that, that's where all your emotions, everything's going to go. How many of you, you want to say, I'm going to break down some walls? I'm going to break down some arguments. If God doesn't say it, I'm not going to listen to it. I believe that God, see, I can tell what you really believe by what you confess daily. If you're not confessing the word of God daily, then there's nothing but walls that are coming up in your life. See, the way to tear down walls is not just to try to think right. The way to tear down walls is to see what God says and speak it. If Jesus had to speak the word in the wilderness to get him out of the wilderness, so do we. How much are you confessing the word of God over your life? It's going to determine where your life is going to go. I love Joshua and Caleb. It said, no, 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 we can. I hear all that you're saying, but we can. I hear all the arguments. I see all the walls, but we can. Look at your neighbor and say, we can. God wants to knock down the arguments in your life. How many of you know that sound, the sound of faith, tear down walls? Listen, when you begin to confess, the enemy has to go. See, if you're feeling insecure, then you got to confess something. Not, you know what? That's probably right. If you're feeling like you're not good enough, you need to confess. If you're feeling like your situation's too big, you got to start to confess. If you're feeling guilty before God, don't just say, Well, God changed me. No, begin to confess who you are in Jesus. Every single day, what is your confession? We have to learn sometimes to confess out of our weakness. Everybody has a weakness. Everybody has a kink in their armor. And if you're not confessing, you're sitting there vulnerable. Come on, what was your confession this morning? What was your confession this morning? What did you confess? What did you confess? If you didn't confess something, then you might be sitting with arguments right now. See, situations and circumstances, if it puts walls in your life, then you know how you do it? You get with God the way that goes through every wall. You confess and the walls come down. There's a sound. Remember the sound that came forth for Jericho's walls to come down? There was a sound of faith and the walls came down. God wants you to speak until you feel it. Come on, you don't feel right with God, but you say, by the blood of Jesus, I'm redeemed from the power of the enemy. You don't feel clean, but you say, by the blood of Jesus, your word says, as I walk in the light, as you are in the light, you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Come on, you, you feel like you're not justified. You say, by the blood of Jesus, I believe that you have sent all my sins into the depths of the, the sea, and you remember them no more. I, by the blood of Jesus, I am justified. Come on, by the blood of Jesus, I am, I am accepted. By the blood of Jesus, I am acquitted. By the blood of Jesus, I have an inheritance. I am, I am coming into a, now you're thinking different. What are the confessions you make? Now you're thinking different. What were the confessions this morning? See, a lot of times we don't receive because we're not confessing. Come on, how many of you want to knock some walls down? You want to knock some walls down? I think that God wants us to knock walls down. Number two, number two, we got to set, you have to set your sight Or settle your sight. What do you see? Do you see giants or do you see grace? Do you see giants or do you see grace? Do you see just big obstacles in the way, people's opinions, or do you see grace? How many of you know that your perception is developed in the presence? It's very dangerous to try to do things for God and not be in the presence of God. You can get off very quickly. It's very dangerous to try to live for God and not get in the presence of God because your perception is all messed up. you got to get in the presence of God to get the right perception. See, Joshua had a secret. Every time he saw Moses go into the presence of God, he would get close to the presence of God. Where everybody else is making idols and doing this and that, he would get in the presence of God. That's why he had a certain perception when he saw the giant. He didn't see giants. He saw grace. He didn't see giants. He saw an opportunity. See, when you get in the presence of God, you will see past the giant and the opportunity that God's going to bring. Are you seeing just a bunch of giants in your life? Are you getting in the presence of God and changing the way that you think? Do you have vision? Do you have vision? There's a story of a guy that's blind. He's blind. He goes to Jesus. He knows he needs to get in the presence of God to get the right sight. He goes to Jesus, God touches him, he's able to see. The only problem is when he sees, he sees like it looks like trees walking around. They're not people. He doesn't see people, it looks like trees, it's not clear. What did he know? He knew and God knew, I gotta touch him again so that he can see the right thing. And see, in your life, when you get in the presence of God, your perception will begin to change. You will begin to see your problems small and God big. Come on, how many of you want to begin to get in the presence of God? See, see, the thing that he was seeing, he was seeing it, he said it looked like trees, men walking like trees. There's no emotional connection with what he was seeing. It was like seeing objects. And a lot of times in your life, the promises of God just seem like a bunch of objects instead of you feeling an emotional connection with what God says. Instead of feeling emotional, connect, you can tell the emotional connection by the fire in your eyes when you talk about the promises of God. Come on. God has promises for you. How do we get in presence? See, a lot of times when we think about the presence of God, we think about prayer. But the secret to the presence is praise. The secret to presence is praise. See, you you might not feel like praising. But praising is cause God to be big in your life and your problems to become small. Praising will cause you to stop complaining all the time. You can go into prayer and complain nonstop. God's like, I don't know. But praise causes you to say, God, you're so good. It says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. What is the courts? It is presence. Courts is where presence lies. You enter his presence with praise. When's the last time you went to God and you start, just started to praise? I'm so thankful for our worship team because you could feel God come in the room. Why? Because when you start praising, God starts fighting your battles for you. The enemy starts to get defeated when you begin to praise, and God begins to enter the room. See, it doesn't matter if you can sing or not. You just start to praise. I was singing around the house the other day, and I was like, this sounds horrible. I told Leah, Leah has to hear my my singing all the time <laughs> I, I'm hearing one thing but it comes out another it's not like'm it's not like I'm tone deaf because I can hear it's bad <laughs> you know what I mean it's, it sounds bad. I can hear the right thing it's just uh it, thank God for worship leaders and people that can sing. I believe when I get to heaven I'm going to sing better than you. God's going to say, all those times you joked at my singing, I don't even sound good in the shower. People say, you know what, I sound good in the shower. Not me. I sound like a dying dog. <laughs> it's true. You just just live with it, you know. I'm not even, even going to practice. You know, the Bible says that, that God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, when you praise God wants to find a a habitat. God wants to find a place where He can enter. You begin to praise, and God begins to flood your life. You begin to fill His presence, and when He, when you begin to get in the presence, your perception changes. Don't you love David? David, he, his job was to tend sheep. Let's get somebody to come and play, so everybody thinks it's about to be over. <laughs> it's not. We got about two more hours. <laughs> You know, about five minutes. <laughs> David, we know that he, when he watched sheep, he practiced praise. He was in the presence of God. We've heard his psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shout out one. He lays me down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, right? He, you hear praise in his heart. And whenever he was faced with the giant you begin to hear praise in him again. See, David, it wasn't that he was just so talented and so awesome. He understood the secret of praise because the giant didn't seem so big when he began to praise. Listen, before he ever took the giant down, see, you might have a giant of debt. You think you're going to pay those student loans for the rest of your life. You will unless you come up with a plan and God speaks to you. Come on, you think you're going to stay in a certain way for the rest of your life. God wants you to begin to see the opportunity. How many opportunities are sitting there for you? God's going to open doors and give you opportunities. But it's because you're going to tear down the walls and the giant that it seems, the giant that it seems is going to come become really small. I got thrown off this week. Somebody called and asked me to go pray. I brought Mark with me, asked me to go pray at, uh, at Southeastern. I thought I was going to pray for a little small basketball game, and I drove up, and the, the whole parking lot was filled up. I was thinking, Mark, go do that, man. <laughs> I, I haven't even prepared. I, I was, like, totally thrown off. The, the parish president was there. They had cameras there. I was like, what am I doing? Maybe I should have prayed about this. It was a statewide deal All of a sudden, God said, you need to begin to praise See, things become small when you begin to praise David looked at a giant and said, this is an opportunity He didn't just kill the giant for nothing He said, the the king's daughter is fine And if I kill the giant, I'm going to get the king's daughter There was a prize Am I right? See some of you are waiting on a spouse, but God's waiting for you to kill some giants. You think the pornography thing is too big? No, 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 it's not too big for God. You got to learn some praise. Because the presence will give you a perception of who God is is bigger than your situation. You think the addiction's too big? No, you need to learn how to praise. You wonder why people come down here and praise and act all crazy? Because they realize that they have to get into the presence of God to overcome some giants. Come on, your financial situation, your divorce situation, the thing that you're going through, the thing that you're going through, they might be a giant. It might seem like you will always be in poverty. It might seem like you go two steps forward, three steps backwards, but when you begin to praise, God's gonna give you a perception and he's gonna say, next time, when you see this giant, you're gonna have the power to execute my vengeance on the enemy. God wants you to begin to rise up in praise. Rise up in his presence and begin to slay the giant. David came out and he said, you come with me. Come at me with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. He began to declare who God is. God is my provider. God is my deliverer. God is my rock. He is my everything. And all of a sudden that giant began to seem small. He said, today you're going to be put in the hands of God and God's going to begin to fight my battles because that's what God does in praise. God begins to fight your battles for you. You keep trying to fight your own battle. You begin to praise God and the army of God, the angels in God begin to fight for you. Come on, you've been fighting too long. What you need to do is praise. You've been fighting too long. Isaiah 54 says, begin to sing to me. Those of you that have not seen the promises of God, begin to sing to me. And at the end of the scripture, it says this. He says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Why? Because praise makes the enemy scamper. Praise will cause the enemy to get off your household. You might think that your son and daughter has been gone too long. You begin to praise in that house. They're going to begin to come in the house and feel the presence of God. They're going to begin to ask. This is the year that you begin to praise and God begins to bring the fruit. This is the year. See, because praise says, God, I trust you. I don't know how to do it. The thing seems big, but I do know this one thing, that you are with me. You are with me. And when I begin to praise, you begin to work. Come on, I'm not even going to go to my next point. I think we just need to get up and we need to begin to praise. Come on, can you praise God for five seconds? Just stand up and praise God for five seconds. Come on, you just need to praise some of that depression off. You need to praise some of that oppression off of your life. You need to praise that confusion off of you. You say, I don't know where to go. Begin to praise and God will begin to fight your battles for you. Come on, five more seconds. Will you praise? Will you give him praise? Come on. It's time to cross over.